Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Welcome to another episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. I'm your host, Tim Conley, and I'm here with a longtime listener. Uh, what is that? Uh, what's the radio thing? A longtime listener, first time caller? Yes. Uh, Laura Jane Coors, who has been listening to the show, what, since, since the very beginning, right? I am sad to say, but I love listening. But I've, I was just looking at the stats today, and I've listened to, I think, definitely... From episode one, I'm almost caught up. Um, I just haven't listened to the most recent two, but basically I've I've been there for it all. Uh, ni- 91 and 92. 92 just came out uh, th- today, the day of this recording. So that's that's pretty crazy. I, I, I don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay because we all listen to you and we make up for it. So what got us started on this is that you sent me an email saying some really cool stuff. And I I was about to ask you, Hey, you know, can I use this as a testimonial? But then I'm like, Oh, let's do one better than that. Let's get you on the show. Cause I knew you've been listening for forever because you've been commenting from the very beginning. And I read your story about your move and we'll get into that in, in this show. Yeah. I, I just thought, hey, why don't we get on here and you can just tell your story because I think it's really inspiring. And so it's not just me and some other people that that are have already been doing this whole online thing for a long time, like some of the guests I bring on, but have somebody who just has accomplished what you've accomplished over this last year. Well, I think it's great because I... I think a couple of stars really aligned for me because I just started getting into listening to podcasts um, right around the time when Foolish Adventure started, which I think was in the summer of 2010. And I think I probably just typed in internet marketing and found you guys right at the beginning. And that was perfect timing for me because I was just getting ready to get really serious about making money online. Um, but I think, and I mean, the reason I'm, I'm here to talk about my current niche website, which is basically about raw vegan um, recipes and, and healthy eating in a nutshell, it's called the Rotarian. I've kind of billed myself as the Rotarian, similar to the vegetarian. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, I started getting into... Um, Like I had that website for a few months prior to listening to Foolish Adventure, but I basically um, began just with sharing recipes, but I kind of knew that I wanted to get a little bit more serious. So I started um, listening to Foolish Adventure and I think it was the episode where I can't remember the number, but you guys really started talking about um, the concept of the, like the three products, which was having your freebie first and then getting newsletter subscribers and things like that. Uh So that's kind of, it was that episode that for me made me think, okay, I have this little recipe website. I'm going to actually try to make this into a business. And I was really skeptical and my husband was too, but I thought, well, I'm going to give this a go and then I'll know whether this is really for real or not. And it's kind of brought me up to today um, where I am selling quite a few ebooks. Basically, um, this month I emailed you, Tim, to say that I'd crossed the $2,000 
a month threshold and it's been pretty amazing. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Before, I, I really want to jump on that, but I want to take everybody back a couple of years so that they can get to hear your story. Because I, I read a bit about it back on your personal blog when you were doing that mm-hmm. one about this move to Prince Edward Island. So can you can you tell us that, that story? I sure can. I think this all started for us, my husband and I, when we were living in an urban, large Canadian city, and we just graduated from university, and we both landed really great jobs, and we were working in in normal life for a couple of years after university. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, is this how the next 30 years of our lives is going to be, where we're basically coming home at the end of the day, we're both really hard workers. And so we would come home totally sapped of energy and wouldn't really be able to do anything functional on the evenings. And then on the weekends, we would just be, uh, you know, errands, doing grocery shopping, getting ready for the next week. And for us, that was completely not acceptable and so we we had to no, really normal was uh, not acceptable huh well no i mean i think just having been fresh out of university too where we had so much flexibility and feeling like we were learning and growing and so what ended up happening was we decided that we were going to make a radical life change and we sold our condo sold everything we owned and we decided to move to a very rural island on the east coast of canada called prince edward island And we were just going to um, buy a nice little farmhouse where the cost of living was way lower than where we were. And we knew that just taking that first step was going to open up a lot of opportunities for us. And it certainly did. Um, Because we didn't have a mortgage, we just had those really super important bills like Internet access. (laughs) And, you know, that would be the number one thing and we didn't know how we were going to make it work but we knew that by eliminating all those huge costs it really opened the world to us and it did so initially we knew we needed to make some money somehow and we did start a service-based business that we still have basically developing developing websites um, for our clients and that did really well and that gave us the money that we needed and all almost all of our clients were you know across Canada because there weren't a lot of clients in our area that we knew and anyway so we we did do that um but we also realized kind of like your pool business that you've talked about Tim like starting a business well I didn't really realize this but there's a lot of different ways you can um you know, set up a business. And for us, we were just providing services and we did not want to have employees. Um, So that was basically meaning that we were just trading our time for money. And it was kind of stressful too. And it still is sometimes. Um, So we started thinking of other, other opportunities of ways we could make money online. And I became particularly interested in internet marketing, um, but I was really skeptical and I am pleased and so happy to be able to announce that holy moly it works (laughs) well before before we get into that aspect i want to jump into the part where you were saying you started this service business making websites was Uh that your background like did you start off working in the city doing websites doing web development or anything like that or was this learned afterwards I do have a, 
um, what's the word? <laughs> I'm really lucky in that my husband is a computer programmer, but he had never really developed anything for the web, um, not much anyway. And I, my background is not in that whatsoever. However, since 2001, I've always been a blogger. That's actually an interesting story too, just that I started blogging in 2001. I did have some popular personal blogs that were getting a lot of traffic. I never even considered monetizing them. It didn't even enter my mind. But I also did not understand the concept of providing value. I think, and when I say providing value, by that I mean not just an entertaining story or today I this funny thing happened to me, but providing information that is solving problems, helping people, and basically being so super useful. And I think for me, that is when everything changed for me because I, I did blog about our journey moving from, you know, urban to rural and stuff like that. But I, and I got a lot of media coverage, like national radio. I was in newspapers across the country and that did not, for me, I didn't know what I was doing also, but it did not really translate into any money. And I'm not a money grubber, but, um, you know, when you're putting a lot of time and effort into something, you need to be compensated for it. So that well, more, I don't more that of, you have to be compensated so that you're capable of continuing. Exactly, because it was unsustainable what I was doing. Yeah, because I've seen so many bloggers, they, they come out, they don't really have a business plan when they get started blogging. They just want to write about the things they want to write about. Mm -hmm. And maybe they do build up an audience, but then they start to resent it. Uh, Izzy, back when we first started the show, he talked about that, how he was about to quit his podcast mm -hmm. because he was building resentment towards all the demand that the listeners of his podcast, the viewers of his podcast, they they asked all these questions they were demanding of him and he was working a full-time job and everything. He's like, if this can't pay for itself, then I shouldn't be doing it because I've got a family. I've got all these other things that I should be doing. And luckily he decided, hey, I'm going to charge for this and it worked out. Exactly. And I think that there's that can be something that people struggle with a lot, especially people who kind of start out in kind of the personal blogging or art, more artistic and creatively minded. But the fact is, like with my recipe site that I have, let's I don't know the exact stats, but let's say 2% of my visitors are pe the people who are buying. I'd like to increase that, but let's just say it's 2%, for example. That's allowing me to provide awesome, useful, amazing content to the 98% who are not paying. And like, there's still so much value to that. I, I was talking to a book publisher and investigating the concept of whether I wanted to do a print recipe book. And it really dawned on me that I don't we even want to do that. Like I get so much personal satisfaction with, you know, answering emails for free, corresponding with my people, helping people. And it's still, you're giving so much back and sharing so much. And it's that small percentage that are going to pay you, especially in a niche. Like this is very niche what I'm doing, but it's really financing it. And it's, um, I'm so thankful. Oh yeah. That's, that's such a, a huge experience, a life changing experience. As you said, you know, holy moly, this stuff actually works. Mm -hmm. That you, you can't really believe it until you actually get it to happen for you. Getting that first dollar that you've made online, that very first sale that you've ever done, 
a lot of people don't really comprehend it. And unfortunately, too many people get hooked by the snake oil salesmen out there that Mm -hmm. say, you know, the internet's super easy. You know, you can just buy my product and tomorrow you'll start making thousands of dollars without doing any work and all this stuff. It's not possible to build a business without working. Mm -hmm. We go to our jobs. We may not like them. We may not be able to live the lifestyle that we want. Like you probably enjoyed your job, but it took so much out of you that you Mm -hmm. couldn't do the things that you really wanted in your life. And we see how hard those are. Just regular jobs, right? Those things are difficult all by themselves. And then you take on all the responsibility of running a business, of supporting your customers, of attracting customers, all these things. And that's supposed to be push button, super easy. Mm -hmm. It's not. It absolutely is. And it requires a lot of work, but I think it really brings to mind, and maybe this is a tangent that you will enjoy, Tim. Like, what is the concept of work? Like my husband and I, he's actually sitting in this room with me right now. We're on our computers all the time together. We no longer have a concept of working and non-working. We are always creating, providing value, helping people, but we stop when we want, we do work when we want, and we work a lot, but it's within our control and um, it's absolutely satisfying and pleasurable. So I don't really, I get confused when I think about what is working, but, at, but the crux of it is it takes a lot of effort, but whether it's work or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing is when you start doing the things that you truly enjoy it's hard to really define the difference between when you're working and when you're not. My daughter, she gets on to me all the time. She's like, Dad, you know, you're still working. Well, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. She, she's like, well, why don't you go out and do something? Like, I'll go out and I'll walk the dog. I'll get some exercise and stuff. But right now I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm creating training materials inside the university. I'm doing all these different things. And it's 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It's like, where did my day go? Well, I was do- uh, I was happy the whole time. So I could have never done that in a job. Mm-hmm. I could have never made it. Uh, well, actually, I was bored within like before I ever showed up to work. But <laughs> but then but then I could have never just spent you know all day and then on into my evening working and feeling like I was playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just don't even think it's. I can't conceive of it any way like feeling that way in a job because there's always those expectations of being there. And for me, it's a lot about schedule. Like I, I'm really, I think quality of life is really important. If I stayed up late, I'm not going to force myself to get up early. You know, I'm going to get up when I want because it's better for me. And I just think that it's designing your own life essentially is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I I think there's that idea of like lifestyle design and I've talked to a lot of my friends about this, especially a lot of the guys that they read the four hour work week and and now they're living over in Asia somewhere doing that geo arbitrage that Tim Ferriss talks about and what you've done. You (laughs) geo arbitraged but didn't leave your country to Mm -hmm. do it. And that idea of lifestyle design, I think it gets um, misunderstood by people. Like, oh, you know, you're just going to either work a four-hour work week or something. It's like, no, lifestyle design is all about picking what it is that you want to accomplish in your life and doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, 
sorry, I just was going to jump in there and, and say that sometimes it really does also involve sacrifice. And for us, especially getting started, I, we sacrificed a lot, especially in terms of giving up those niceties, you know, just like budgeting yourself. But you have to approach it in a way that like you are, you know, busting your your butt and like sacrificing and the payoff is going to be so worth it. And that sacrifice for you, if you're working full time, could be, you know, spending some of your weekend and evenings and stuff doing it. That might be how what sacrifice looks like for, you know, a listener. But um, it is so absolutely worth it. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you brought up sacrifice because a lot of people don't want it, especially in North American culture. We want everything and we wanted it yesterday. And if we can't buy things, we feel like, oh, we're making this huge sacrifice mm-hmm. as, as opposed to saying, oh, I'm not buying all these things to fill up my house or to impress other people that I work with. I'm not buying that stuff because I'm keeping the money for the things that are truly important in my life. Mm-hmm. And. I can't believe what a fan I sound like, but I've, I've read a lot of the books that you've suggested, like MJ DeMarco's, what's that, what's his book? Mil- the Millionaire Fastlane. Yes. I, there's a quote in there. I'm pretty sure I pulled it from that. I really love those inspirational quotes. And I think it was from that book. It's something like, do you want to look wealthy or do you want to be wealthy? Right. And to me, like I put that on a post-it note and for me that is something that I really kind of like live by like it's kind of related to those sacrifices like I know looking forward in my to my financial future like I know where we're going and I know that I mean it's not about wealth but I know that we're going to be able to maintain our flexible lifestyle for a long time and to me I want to have that freedom. And I don't really care that today I might not have the biggest house or the biggest whatever. Um, I know I'm going to be having the lifestyle that I want and later being able to afford so much more. And you do have to sacrifice, um, but sacrifice can be really fun too. (laughs) That's almost an oxymoron, or actually it is. to disagree because I look at me I'm like this raw vegan who I only eat like uncooked fruits and vegetables so so I do enjoy sacrifice but there's something really satisfying about challenging yourself um you know and and seeing what you can do and what you can achieve when you're working towards a goal that's really important to you yeah I I think that's what I like doing is switching not the word sacrifice but challenge Mm -hmm. you know that's that's more important to me is what I'm able to accomplish. I started doing this whole minimalism thing after building up a life that I hated and Mm -hmm. realized that I had fallen into, as the Buddhists say, you know, I was owned by my material possessions, my my attachments, I was owned by them. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I, I broke away from that. Once I could see things the way I wanted them to be, as opposed to the way I thought they had to be, that made a big difference. I, I was able to challenge myself, like, what could I not have and still mm-hmm. be happy? Mm-hmm. And as opposed to what can I get in this life? What can I consume? What can I acquire to be happy? I, I took it the other direction. What can I not have and still be happy? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was my big challenge. And, and I, I try to 
I guess, kind of push that on in, in the show and in my writings about cutting back on expenses because it's so much easier to become profitable when you have very few expenses. Definitely. And I think that kind of dovetails as well with even when we're starting to just get our internet businesses off the ground. Um, you know, you, you can start your, have your own website and, you know, put all this stuff together for literally just almost nothing. And even me, like, even though I'm now, you know, earning quite a bit of money comparatively to when I first started, I'm still trying to figure out how to, um, invest in my business. And like, for example, because I'm such a foolish adventure fan, I thought, well, darn it, I want my own podcast too. And I just basically thought, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this with some free tutorials. I'm going to have this crappy microphone that I'm talking on right now. And I'm going to just do a few podcast episodes and see if anybody listens and see what the response is. And I think something that's been key to my success is I've not been afraid to you know, oh, I, I, I just do things. I think, okay, the domain name is going to be therotarian.com. Who cares? I'm just picking that and then I'm moving on to the next thing. <laughs> Similarly, like with what, my what, podcast. You didn't, you didn't uh, deliberate for months upon months about that particular domain name? Well, I probably could have. But the thing is, I like the concept of failing fast. I was like, I'm just going to put this website out there. Then I'm going to start writing content then, you know, fast forward a year. Now I'm putting the podcast out there. It's crappy, but I'm going to iterate on it. And I love that concept of, you know, put something out there, see how it flies. And then if it gets a little bit of traction, then you can invest further. Like, I think we all, me included, have a tendency to have fear that we're not going to pick the right domain name. We're not going to pick the right WordPress theme, you know, but I, I kind of console myself by the concept of everybody is so obsessed with their own website or their own, you know, stuff they have going on is most people aren't even really noticing what you're doing. And I, so like I have these, some YouTube videos that, you know, they're not good. It's me sitting on my, at my computer, but it's helping me to test what's working. And I'm not afraid to, um, you know, just work with what I've got. And I think if you're, on a limited budget, just work with what you've got and you can iterate as time progresses. <laughs> uh, it's like listening to myself. <laughs> now you know why I'm like addicted to your podcast. <laughs> love, I love hearing, hearing that back. And, and I don't say that as like an egotistical thing, but just that, that I feel like the nearly two years of lessons that I've been putting out are, are helping. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show is that this isn't just about me. It's not about uh, back when Izzy and I first started. It's it's not about us as the show hosts. It was just about sharing the knowledge that we had and being able to see other people, you know, take it and run with it and mm-hmm. iterate on it and test things and just put it out there and find out if they if their business idea is going to fly in the world in their marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that something, again, you may have introduced it to me, is this concept of kind of just-in-time learning where you're, um, I kind of feel like I'm like in an office with my professor and I'm like (laughs) regurgitating stuff from class, But, but I think it's really important. Like I do consume a lot of content, but I go in phases where 
like, okay, I, I know I need to do something. I'm going to consume a lot. So for example, if you don't have a website yet and you know, the first thing you need to do is buy a domain name and you know, that's what you need to do. Then maybe just stop consuming, um, consuming, meaning like reading, researching, and just go ahead and do that one step. And then once you've accomplished that step, now you're allowed to download the next foolish adventure podcast and things like that you know like i think you have to consume produce consume produce and i'm probably summarizing something that i learned on foolish adventure but i feel like that's kind of how i work and that's how i get things accomplished doing that as you i would say learn instead of consume because too many people do consume knowledge more in in a way of entertainment if you're actually learning it that means you're putting you're, mm-hmm. you to truly learn something you have to put it into practice mm-hmm. and you can't just consume you you learn it and then produce from it and the idea of the whole just in time thing it keeps you from following those shiny objects the, the the silver bullets that other marketers are trying to sell, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you need to buy my thing because it's going to make your online business the perfect online business. So mm-hmm. you better you better buy this thing. And then you buy it and you're like, oh, wow, that was great. And then someone else tells you essentially the same thing and you run off to do it too. And you mm-hmm. never feel like you know enough because there's always something else to, to acquire. And doing the whole just-in-time thing keeps you from that. It's like, okay, I've got this thing. I bought this program on email marketing. Well, then I need to sit down and write some emails. Mm -hmm. I need to build my list. I need to do these certain things instead of, oh, I bought this email marketing program. Now I'm going to go buy this Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. It's like you haven't even learned the first one yet. Do you think that it's fear that stops people? From starting? Uh, oh, yeah. In in all aspects. Like buying the domain name. Well, what if I make a mistake? Well, it's eight bucks you just threw away. It's mm-hmm. like you did that at McDonald's, right? It's like you, you went to a fast food place and blew through eight bucks. So get a domain name that may turn into uh, $2,000 a month for you selling ebooks a year from now. That's a good idea. Of, you know, If you're going to take a risk, take it with a domain name instead of a Big Mac. Uh, so, you know, a, a big health risk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Right, you know, <laughs> I, I take, take your eight bucks and put it onto a domain name and just try it out. But a lot of people have this fear of making mistakes. A lot of that has to do with the way we're uh, raised. We go to school and if you have the wrong answer, well, you get a bad grade. Wrong answers in real life are learning. Mm-hmm. It's called experience and learning in real life. In in school, it's you made a mistake. Now you're not as smart as the other kids in the room. That's one aspect of it. We get that ingrained in our heads that we're afraid to make a mistake. Then there's the you know fear of failure. Like, oh, well, if I go and do this thing that's kind of different from all the people around me and I fail, what are they going to think of me? Mm-hmm. Those Those kind of things, your social environment... If you're surrounded by people who don't believe that you can do the things that you think you can do, then it's going to be harder for you to actually do it because you're going to be so afraid of what they're going to think of you. I'm just sitting here nodding my head. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that, again, I think this is from MJ DeMarco's book too, that there's some quote like, um, 
failure is the sweat of success. <laughs> Again, it's on my, it's pinned to my board. <laughs> and, but to me, that's exactly what it means. It's, it means it's kind of like losing weight. You can't like, it's hard to explain that quote, but again, failure is the sweat of success, which to me anyway, means if you don't fail, you are not going to succeed. Because if every time you quote unquote fail, which might be pick a bad domain name and it gets no traffic or whatever the failure might be, you learn and then the next domain name you pick will be better. And I've gone through that process myself too. I had a terrible website about rag rugs and it, it was impossible to work with. It was bad. And you know, that was like basic, I would call that my first attempt at, attempt at a niche website. And it was terrible. <laughs> it didn't, it cost me, you know, a few days of time and um, you know, probably 20 bucks. And I just thought, okay, I've learned from this. And now I'm going to be better next time. And I think, how do we, because I, I love talking to people that I know, just like my friends saying, oh, you know, you could do it too. But how do we, how does one get over that fear? Oh, gosh. Uh, part of it is who you surround yourself with. It's easier to take risks around people who have already done it. I, I grew up in a really rural area of Southern Illinois. And we would be playing and everything. And I was like the smallest of all the friends and we would play football and stuff. I was the small one. So if I survived, then then everyone else knew they could do it. And there was this stream that ran through our town and there was a, a narrow spot in it. And everybody's like, oh, make Tim jump it. Tim, you jump that. And we then if you can do it, then we all know we're going to be able mm -hmm. to do it. So I was always the the guinea pig. So I've I've been very comfortable with the risk ever since I was a little kid. But seeing other people follow follow that lead, like as soon as they saw me make it across, they knew it was possible for them. Mm -hmm. The uh, what was it? The four minute mile. It was considered an impossibility until it was broken, and then after it was broken, it was like sixteen more people broke the four minute mile that year after mm -hmm. the first guy did it. Before he did it, it was an impossibility. After he did it, then it became normal. So if you surround yourself with people who have already done what you want to do, that is going to make it so much easier. It's not going to be push button easy, but it's going to give you the courage, the inspiration, and, and also kind of a roadmap as to how to do it. Absolutely. And I think that's maybe why I feel like Foolish Adventure for me is... I don't listen to a lot of podcasts at all, but I think for me, I felt like there's some sense of community and it was exactly like you're saying, like, um, you know, watching if Tim can make it over the river, then I can too. And I think it's like this feeling of the fact that, you know, it is possible and, and like minds, you know, I think it's, I always find I'm really inspired after listening to you know, foolish adventure. I feel like I'm like foolish adventure testimonial crazy, but it's really from the heart. And um, I just feel like having that sense of community and you have to create that community and talking about my niche website too. I feel like I'm providing that for this really obscure, crazy way of eating. And I'm providing that for my people. And I'm passionate about that too. And I love being able to bring people together because, you know, even in, in my world, especially here on PEI where I'm living, people don't, 
really know what I'm talking about when I try to like have these types of conversations with people. It's not that they, they're not intelligent. It's just that they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I think it is really so key to plug into that community, um, which obviously we're all doing here if we're listening to this podcast. But yeah, it's, it's super key. And I think too about fear is that it's not as simple as feeling like, well, I haven't bought my domain yet because I am frightened. I don't right. think we're ever all that self-aware. So I think maybe if a listener is listening and think, and you know, maybe you don't have your own website yet, but you want to, um, it doesn't even matter what the block is for you, if it is fear or whatever. I think just, just do it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get around that whole Nike thing. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, you'll, if you do it, then all of a sudden it's not scary anymore. Exactly. And I think maybe it is a concept of like making a big deal about it and announcing to everyone like, oh, I'm going to have this website about this, whatever. Maybe it's, it is a case of like, just do it secretly. It costs $10, put it on your credit card and then you've done it. And then you can move on to the next step. Um, I don't know. Okay. I get off on well, no, yeah, tangents. get off on a tangent on this show. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not possible. Uh, so I want to give you the opportunity because you've been sharing a lot of really good stuff. So I want to give you the opportunity to be the teacher on this particular episode. So to end off this show, what are the things that you think someone just starting out needs to do to get to that $2,000 a month mark? Excellent question. Now, let me make that up uh, <laughs> instantly. No, yeah. no I, I, I feel like it's a really key question. And I, I want to answer that, the, you know, feeling like I've left it really with the right stamp on it. I think there's going to be maybe three things. Number one, I can't remember where you stand on this, Tim, but I do think it's very important to pick a, it doesn't matter about the domain name, but the general subject matter should be something that is what has what I call buying intent related to it, or it solves a problem. Kind of like I talked about before, I had a website about rag rugs. It's like a craft basically. And I've subsequently learned that that is hard to make money from. We're not trying to be millionaires, but we are trying to get compensated for our efforts. And I would choose something that is solving a key problem. And I know you've gone into that in previous episodes, so I won't harp on that. So that would be number one. Number two, just focus on providing that value. Like I, in my case with my niche website about recipes, I just provide these awesome recipes that are hard to find elsewhere and they um, are really valuable. I don't go on and on about what I made today. It's the recipes that people are there for and it's valuable to them. So in in different niche, that could be really specific tutorials or something like that. So there's a huge difference between, you know, providing value and blogging. So I think that's really I wanna, key. I want to put some real serious emphasis on that because a lot of people think that what they're doing is valuable. I do this thing. I blog. I do. I create an ebook. I, I've. I'm an author. I, I create value. Damn it. Why isn't anyone buying? Well, maybe because they don't find it valuable. Mm -hmm. Just because you find it valuable as the creator does not necessarily mean the rest of the world or even a small portion of the rest of the world 
are going to find what you have valuable. So you need to find out that nexus between what it is that you love to create and what other people love to consume. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And I think I'll it, let you get on to uh, step no, three. No, no. <laughs> and the, the step three is just is super quick. It's just that, you know, easy to throw away term of just taking action. But seriously, don't get hung up on like, oh my God, step one, I have to figure out a buying intent. Step two, what's the value? If you have a general interest in something that is sort of like, you know, how do I word this? Solving some kind of problem, just go with it. And I know I'm long-winded ending. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes you need to just get those words across, though. Uh, I, I, I am not one to shy away from talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I really love the fact that you've been able to come on here, share your story from moving across the country, leaving the, the city life to buy a farmhouse on a, on a remote island in, in Canada and build a life out of that, the life that you wanted and not the one that the rest of the world told you you should have. Well, I just want to end too by saying, Tim, thank you so much for all that you do with your podcast. It's really important to people like me and keep on doing it. And thank you so much for having me on the Foolish Adventure Show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And for all those listening, hopefully you've got some excellent value out of this, or at least you've gotten the inspiration to do what it is that you want in your life. And until the next time, enjoy your foolish adventure. You've just listened to the Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure.